I'm looking forward to diving into the text today. We're going to wrap up our Life in Circles series today, in which we've really been just exploring relationships as we see them in the Bible. And uh, I want to take you back um, a few years to what my life looked like when my wife and I first moved here. Um, We moved here in April of 2012, and in June of 2012, like a month and a half after we moved into the city, we started gathering literally anybody we could to meet in my home for what we called launch team meetings, but these people that were coming just thought they were coming for free tacos, and we tricked them into being a part of this church thing. Um, and no, we, we told them that it was, you know, a, a church thing, um, but we, we were just kind of gathering people. We lived in this townhouse that had no windows to see outside, and, and then, so we began to gather people. We had nine people the first day, um, and then it just kind of kept growing from there, and then we moved into this space later that year and just began to rehab and renovate this whole property, and kind of at the time when we started gathering here in particular, uh, we had windows and our life really became like we were having our 13th birthday every single weekend because we were window watching. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like we had invited so many people, but then we were just like all these kids that we had invited at school were like, are they going to come? And so we were just kind of like 13 year olds, like just hoping that people would show up. And then you showed up and um, we were like, that's amazing. They showed up. And then the next week it was like, they showed up again. And then the next week, well, they can't believe they're still coming. I guess they'll keep coming. This is great. And we've just been able to experience doing life with, with uh, many of you for the past few years. And um, it, it got me thinking, as God was kind of stirring me to look into Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47 this week, it had me reflecting on the, kind of that time and this text and just saying, why, why did you come? <laughs> I, was it just because we asked you? Like, was it that simple? Or was there something deeper that, like, resonated when you said, hey, we're going to have this, like, weird Bible study thing at our house, and we're going to plant a church? Like, I don't even want to need to plant a church. I thought you planted flowers and stuff, but we're going to plant this church. Like, what, what kind of drew you? And, like, well, how, why did you start coming? Or if you're here today, and this is your first time, like, what, what made you come here today? And not just here, but just church in general. Why do we... Why do we come to church? Church, and not to give the impression that like you come to a church, you are the church. So let's, for those of you that are kind of, wait, 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 wait. No, it's good. We're the church. We live as the church. But, but this place we gather at, it's, call it what you want, but we gather for, for worship and community. We have all these different reasons, some of them more meaningful, some of them a little more shallow, like, I've known people, and they were just really honest with me. They're like, hey, man, I'm just coming to, I need to find a girlfriend. Like, my last church, there were no girls my age, you know? And so I appreciate that honesty. And so maybe you just can be honest with yourself about why you come. Like, man, my wife's dragging me, or my girlfriend's dragging me, or I literally just stumbled in here, and, you know, whatever is going on in your life. We have these different reasons that draw us and why we come. Some of them are very meaningful, and they're, they're pieces of the puzzle but I think it's very important that we begin to ask that question. What's the most important reason of why we gather and why we come? Why we come and in, in, in come in this, we're, we're in rows, but this whole thing is about life in circles. And if you think back to when Jesus, when they would come, like Jesus would just walk out on a rock and he'd sit down and people would kind of gather around him just in a circle and there wasn't these rows. Why do we come? 
And as I was thinking about that, I, I just wanted to, to begin this message before we launch into Acts uh, with a passage that, that's in Deuteronomy, and it's kind of established uh, about, and, and for Jews, like this was like a very, re- almost rehearsed prayer and a rehearsed kind of lifestyle, but, but for Jews, like they just didn't have things to have, it was like very deep into their mentality and like saying things, like many times if I asked you to repeat a prayer after me, you might repeat it after me and it would just kind of be repeating it after me and it wouldn't really click with your heart, but like Jews, when they repeated these things, like the most devout, like it would truly like mean something to them. And, and this is what the passage that Jesus repeats Throughout the Gospels, um, we see here in Matthew chapter 22, love the Lord your God. He, they, they ask, like, what's, what's the most important commandment? What's, again, what's the most important reason? What's the most important thing? And he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And, like, there's, like, a bunch of you in the room. You could probably quote that. You could, once I got it going, I didn't tell you where it was. You could probably start saying it. It's one of those kind of memorized things that we just hear a lot. But the depth of what that is, I, I think, has to be the foundation. Because when asked, what's the most important thing? What's the most important commandment? Jesus said what? He repeated back to something that had already been in kind of this, this history of God's people. That was deeply kind of inside of them. It wasn't to do, and it wasn't to kind of become perfect. It, it was to, to, to love God. And, and not just in this external thing, but like deeply in like every ounce of our being, in our minds, in our heart, other um, places in the scripture actually include strength, like in our physical, everything about who we are to love and worship God, and to honor him with all of our life and not a piece of our life. Um, and, and that was really what I feel like God was one, wanted us to start in this kind of understanding that the, the, the biggest reason of why we gather is what Jesus says the most important thing is just to love God. Like, the purpose of everything is about loving worship and honoring God above all. And so I want to begin to move to Acts chapter 242 with that kind of as the foundation for what we're going to begin to talk about today in the purpose of everything is to worship. The purpose of everything is to honor God. And so turn with me here, and I've always found this to be kind of uh, an inspirational passage um, for what the church might look like um, in these coming days. And sometimes what I kind of wished, you know, just even as a young child grew up in the church, and I'd read a text like this, and I'm like, God, help us to look like this. And I've been meeting, let me read first, I'll get off track. Uh, Those who accepted his message were baptized, one of the apostles. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What would we do today, guys, if like God added 3,000 people to our fellowship? Would you get mad about it and say we got too big? I mean, come come on. I, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, would you get mad about it? Or would we have to figure out what we've got to do to like foster what takes place in the coming passages and not lose that. Constant conversation we have um, within our body and, and within our leadership team is how do we maintain who God's called us to be and, and keep that? No matter how much we grow, no matter what God does in us planning campuses or whatever around the world, like how do we keep this core identity of who God has called us to be and for us to reflect what we see in this, the rest of these scriptures. 
And so what happens? They added all these people and they did what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We're going to begin to unpack verse 42. I want to finish out reading this and then we're just going to spend our time with 42. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They shared everything is really what it's saying there. Uh, they, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone in who had need. Like, that's been happening in our church. Like, there's been this unity and commonality that we've been sharing, like, just giving. Th- that's been happening. I've just been blown away by how this is happening in our church. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. That, that all these new people, all these people, like, from the community that, that were once kind of like outsiders, became insiders with the body of Christ, and they, they were having this great favor, like, within the community. Uh, and we talked about that kind of uh, a few weeks ago in our Vision Sunday of just about establishing trust and inspiring people towards a walk with Christ. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So let's begin to unpack verse 42. Just talk about verse 42. And how we might live out what I feel like is kind of maybe a, a kind of a, um, a summarizing statement of this passage, I feel like is wrapped up in, in verse 42 because it says a bunch of things within the text that I feel like are unpacked in the, in the rest of the verses. So first, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. And when I begin to think about kind of why we come and, and different things, we find ourselves like devoted and really like inspired by certain things in life that we give ourselves wholly to. Like for some of us, it's our career and like, you are devoted to your career. Like others in the house, like we are devoted to our families. Like we give everything to our family. Some of us, we try, right, we try to do both of those. We try to keep it all together and we end up having this deep conversation, I think, ultimately about priorities and, and how, do we, how do we keep the most important thing, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, how do we keep that the most important thing not at the top of our priorities, but at the top of everything, and at the center of everything, how do we keep that as the most important thing? And we see that they, they devoted themselves to, to these coming things, but we really live in a time like in, in which we're very casual in our relationship with the body of Christ. And, and, and I think it's reflective of our relationship with Christ. Sometimes, and this isn't all the time, and so don't, don't I'm saying, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, a wide brush, but um, sometimes, like, our relationship with the church is reflective of really what's going on with us in Christ, uh, and sometimes we, we need to unpack that a little bit to really let the Lord lead us in, into what's happening. Not all the time, not paint with a, a, a wide brush, but, but many times that happens. So they have this deep devotion within them towards these things and towards one another, and, but in our era of kind of church, like statistically, um, in the past 10 years, like attendance in churches has gone down by like 10%, from like 43% down to like 34%, something like that. So in the past 10 years, like our attendance has come down, and those who are like regular attenders, like using that statement, regular attenders, they usually attend once a month or once every six weeks. Like, that's what, that's what a regular attender at church believes. And, and so, like, I don't know about for you, and, like, you have to work this out in your own heart and mind between you, you and Jesus. Um, 
But like that doesn't scream devotion to me. <laughs> that doesn't scream like devoting ourselves to teaching and to gathering and community and to prayer. Like, and, and, and we can kind of get this idea of, of us and Jesus and we miss out on what we see in the scriptures. And it wasn't because they were small and they could do this. It, it was the fabric of who they were as Jesus followers and what Jesus had taught them in the life of the disciples. They had walked in circles and he said, come follow me. Like he took them as they were and they just began to walk. And so it wasn't dependent on that. It, it was dependent on this kind of inspirational relationship with God that, and this deep understanding that this is important and this is why. The purpose of everything is about honoring God. And so there's this devotion that we really don't see like in our, our churches today um, near as much, and, and that's a national thing. That's, that, that doesn't matter how big or small your church is, that's a national thing. Um, and so I think we've got to begin to unpack that a little bit and, and, and find out, are we really like devoting ourselves and giving ourselves up to this? Like many of us like, man, I just wish things were simpler, and they were like they, they were in the scriptures. Like, me too. Like, wouldn't you love for it to look like that in this beautiful picture of people sharing with one another in need um, and just having so many things in common. And so I, I see God doing that, and he's been building the framework of, of us living up to this beautiful picture we have in Scripture, no matter how big or small we are, that we live up to this beautiful text that kind of shows what can be. Um, but there was this devotion, and, and I think that today I want to encourage us to kind of gauge that. Sometimes we get uh, attracted by a thought um, uh, or, or we see a commercial or a radio thing that says, make $100,000 in six weeks in your spare time, right? And you're just like, it's got to be true. It's so good. Um, and then we kind of lean into that. But we know that like nothing, nothing good of consequence that matters really happens in our spare time, right? The, the great things are really accomplished just by being consistent over time. And I'd say the same thing to us as believers. Like if we're wanting to go deeper in our faith, if we're wanting to see God do just incredible things through this body and in your own life, then be devoted. Be devoted to him and give yourself fully to him. So they devoted themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching. And so sometimes when I would read that, I was like, apostles' teaching? Like, is that any different from like what Jesus was teaching? And all that was meaning is that it was coming from their mouth. They, you know, if we just said like... Um, to, to the gospel, right? They, they were devoted to the gospel, like that's good. But there was actually this devotion to, to gathering to hear the word, to gathering to hear the scriptures teached and preached, like that was of utmost importance so that they wouldn't be led astray. That, and sometimes we, we have like kind of weird relationships with pastors, right? And I talked about this last week for many of you that were here. I talked about this weird relationship we have with pastors. And, so, and we kind of run to these extremes. We, we run to these extremes where, like, when we see a pastor coming or we find out they're a pastor, like, we run from them. Um, or, which has literally happened to me almost, like, um, or we go to this other extreme where they become our God, right? And, and if they don't bring it down from the mountain for us, we're not growing. And, like, when I'm not growing as an individual, like, it, it's, it's because, like, the pastor's not, you know, delivering the word. Right? I mean, sometimes we kind of go into to these, and we just were okay with being a um, kind of a, an infant that's, that's spoon-fed. But, so we can kind of move in that direction, or we can move into this direction in, in which, and let me just explain this by what I've gone through in my life. 
We were unpacking um, some closets um, recently that were like to the point of like you open it and like get out of the way. Like they were to that point. And uh, in, in some of that, and we actually have one that was like our, you know how you have a junk drawer? Well, we had a whole room that was like junk room. And so we just said, we're just going to just get rid of everything here into the yard sale and just like beat down the walls yesterday. And so it was fun. But in, in that room, I, I found um, this Bible that I had as a kid. And um, it, the, the cover's torn off, and uh, there's all highlighting and little notes in there. And it kind of reminded me of what God was doing in my life um, as, a, as a teen. Uh, and many times I think about myself as a preacher and teacher, like once I kind of went fully, like full-time into ministry. But I, I, I flipped through this Bible, and I found notes, like sermon notes from a, a sermon I preached when I was 16 years old. So I've been preaching a lot longer than what I often give myself credit for. But... Um, I, I began to read these, and, and I was kind of like, that's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> now, now, my first couple of sermons before that, they were really, really bad. Um, but this particular one I opened, I was like, man, that's not, that's not too bad. I could preach that again today and feel like, you know, I'm still being in line with what I, I feel like God's taught me since then. Um, and, and I was thinking through in this process, as we're talking about apostles teaching, this weird relationship sometimes we can have with who, whoever God, like, sets over us in spiritual leadership and has a responsibility to, to unpack the, the scriptures and lead us towards a, a devotion for it. Um, I was thinking of just how, well, something that God taught me at, at a time where we were traveling a lot <clears throat> in music and we were at like, every, like all kinds of conferences throughout the week and weekends and, and we were leading worship and we weren't preaching and, and just e- even as when I was just in, in college at, at a point where I wasn't doing anything like in a church at all. <clears throat> but I was just kind of showing up um, and just being a part, like, like many of you today. And I, I found myself just very critical because I had heard so many sermons in my life. I, I, had, I had preached sermons, and, so I, and at that time I was studying like, how to deliver sermons. So I found myself very critical of what was happening on, uh, from the, the preacher. And, and God just began to just tear my heart apart and saying, you, you're putting that person in a place that I desire to be. And so what God began to teach me about what this time between us should look like when God gives me this great, honorable like opportunity to unpack the scriptures as he's inspired me this week, <clears throat> what God began to teach me is that I, I'm not really, I, as, I, as you're listening, as I'm unpacking this, you're not really saying, what is he saying? But, but you're saying, what is he, like, God, what, are you, what are you saying to my heart right now? Like, I understand, what, what, are you, what are you letting resonate within me? And so it's, it's, it's taking anything, and not everybody does this, but sometimes this becomes like this kind of improportionate thing to, to the responsibility that it's really God who wants to speak into our heart. That I'm, I'm nothing but a man that's been called of God, but it's God that, that's speaking through. And, and during this time where we say, Holy Spirit, just like speak to me. And so when we talk about being devoted to that, like here's what I think that would look like. And let me just be very practical. I, I'd say keep it like really simple. Like sometimes we just run into like these deep things and, and say, God, what's the one thing you're trying to let me walk away with today? Like, right, sometimes we can take, like, the best notes, and we've got a whole thing, and we feel proud of ourselves because we put it in our Bible, or we keep it up on live version, um, but we forget all of them. <laughs> but if I were to just say, what's that one thing? 
Like by the end of the service, God's like just screaming at me this one thing. I just pray from beginning of time we gather to the end of the time we gather. What's that one thing you're letting resonate? And I'm just going to write that down. I'm going to put that note card in front of me. Because it wasn't about a man that said it, hashtag, whatever, at following God. It's not about that. It's about God spoke this to me as deep revelation for my life. Um, and and I, I continue to stand as a humble man that, that God uh, has chosen to use in this time. And so <clears throat> being devoted to the apostles' teaching is not about the apostle. It's about the, the teaching of God that he's trying to get into our hearts. And so many times, I'm sorry, I just keep on going. I'll keep on going today. Um, so many times we just live on regurgitated revelation when God wants to bring us something fresh. Like, everybody's all obsessed with, like, farm-to-table stuff. But, like, think about that in, in the reality of our faith. Right? Aren't we just all about like processed, regurgitated food when it comes to our spirituality? Like, let's just get obsessed with something farm to table. Like, wouldn't that be nice if like we just begin to get that kind of revelation in our life on a daily basis? Um, that it, it wasn't being regurgitated and then regurgitated and regurgitated by the time we get to it. Like, that's kind of tasty. I don't really know what that means for my life. I don't know if it's really going to help and build me up. But this farm to table, God would speak into the depths of our heart and we'd have nourishment to help us grow. Does that help at all? I don't know if that helps. And that's from my experience, like sitting like right where you were, had no leadership role in the church and was not doing anything like that. So um, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. The Greek word here is koinonia, and it literally means like sharing or like in common and community or in communion. Like it, it, it's the kind of understanding that everybody is bringing something to the table. And often I correct us and say, like, fellowship is not potluck. You've probably heard me say that. Fellowship is not just, like, being in the same room together, but it's actually bringing something to the table. So potluck is actually kind of a good example, though it's not the essence. You follow me? The, the potluck's not the essence of what fellowship is. It's a good example because everybody brings something to the table. You ever had one of those church things, right, where everybody brings something potluck to the table, and like some of them have different colors than what you're used to, and different seasonings than what you're used to, and some of them are overcooked and undercooked, and those type of things, and I've probably been responsible for putting one of those on a potluck at some point, but um, there's this understanding that you bring something to the table, I'll bring something to the table, and who invites us to the table is Jesus. Like, what a beautiful picture of what was happening when the church was exploding. Like, 3,000, like, there's nobody, like, there's, like, there's a list of churches that grow super fast, and we've got, like, four or five of them in this city of the top 50. Did you know that? There's, like, four or five top 50 fastest growing churches in our city, um, and, and they're not seeing that. <laughs> they're not seeing 3,000 added to their number um, daily, but I, I think we just we can see that kind of fellowship in our own lives that's what we're responsible for right like we're responsible for just walking with the Lord and letting him lead us into that and so um if you were with us in like one of our small groups that we did last fall we were talking about fellowship and we, we used this video from this pastor and he shared this story that was so it struck the hearts of everyone there and it was just like wow um, and this pastor said that there was this gang member that um, began coming to the church, got invited off the street or was going through a rough time and, and began coming to the church. And God spoke to him and like he responded to the call of Jesus and was baptized in the church. Isn't that a cool story? Like a, a, gang, a gang member out gang banging. Uh, Jesus calls him in, gets baptized, becomes a part of the church. And 
begins to come every single week. And then like after a while, like it got a little more sporadic. And then he stopped coming. And the pastor asked one of the leaders in the church, like, hey, Mike, what happened? What happened to John? Like, what was going on? Well, he was like, he was into it, man. Like, he was so passionate, and he was like following the Lord, and like, he was really into this thing. He's like, I don't know, pastor. Like, maybe we should follow up. So the pastor follows up with him, and he says, man, what happened? Like, you were just like on fire. God just brought you from such a, a crazy life that, that you were leading, um, and, and God just done so much in your life. What happened? And, and the man was so honest, and he said, pastor, like, when I, I came a member of the the church and like got baptized, I, I thought it was going to be like when I was in the gang. And like we began to do life together and like we had things in common and we hung out with each other and we just enjoyed life with one another and we had each other's back all the time, not gossip. And he's like, I thought it was going to be like that. And then it, it wasn't. Like it was just like we see each other on Sundays and we'll shake hands and, and it, it wasn't. And this pastor was just scratching his head. He's like, how in the world is a gang a better representation of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like than what we are? It's such a sad, like, convicting thought that many times we, we all, every single one of us, we find ourselves guilty of that sometimes. And we've tried to create this environment that everyone, everyone, you have something to bring to the table, and like Jesus is calling us to the table. And, and what we have in common is Jesus, that we've been bought by the blood of Jesus today. So uh, devoting themselves, like, fully to that. Like, sometimes we get awkwarded out by, like, hanging out with church people. Somebody will get that. Like, sometimes we do. We get awkwarded out by, like, hanging out with church people. And we kind of keep things separate. But just get this picture. Of, like, if God would do something in us where we found such unity at the table and at the cross of Jesus, we found such unity that we would love to be with the people of God. That we would desire, God, I just want to, you want to go hang out with them again tonight? You want to go hang out with them? Like, there's just like this, like this energy and juice in which we just love one another. And like, we don't have to force it. What, was that, did I say something weird? You guys are giggling a little more than what that joke, there wasn't really even a joke. Um, but we, we find, our, what, what if that could happen? Like, and we just found this deep love for one another that was not based on personality, but it was on the person of Jesus. And it wasn't based on where we've come from, but where God is taking us and where he's brought us. Um, man, that, that's a beautiful thing that like, we want to be a part of. And God's doing that in our church, so be confident of that. Uh, but they were devoted to this fellowship. And I'm going I'm to move on, keep moving. To the breaking of bread. They were devoted to it. Um, let me be honest. I never grew up having communion in a church very often. Like I, I grew up... Um, coming to the Lord's table in like these little plastic cups with these little gross pieces of cardboard that were under like some plastic wrap. And I'm um, sorry if somebody's offended and like is in the communion cup business, but um, I, they're, they're not that good. Um, and so, I, but I remember kind of, that, that was kind of my experience is this kind of um, prepackaged kind of boxed experience that happened like once a quarter, twice a year or something like that. And... <clears throat> I'd never been a part of a church that gathered every week to come to the table. Never. And, but I read in scriptures, like Jesus says, you know, do this every time you get together. And then I, this has been a deeply inspirational scripture. It says they were devoted to the breaking of bread. And here it's not talking about, it's not talking about like potluck. It's not talking about food. And though there's something deeply symbolic about Jesus using drink and, and food, to express to us the daily 
kind of communion with him, as it's called now, communion. Though there's something deep about that, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that. It's really about the gathering together of the saints, the body of Christ, whether that's happening in homes, as they were doing there, or whether that's happening in, in, in a much more corporate environment like this. That it, it was about coming to the table and again, everything that we're kind of experiencing communion, that we're experiencing through teaching that God's speaking to us, it, it's coming and being reminded of the work of Jesus. Is that as we, as we get inspired to do incredible things in the kingdom of God, we come back and are reminded every single time, yep, but it's not about me. It's not about what I can do, it's about what God's going to do in me and through me. And we just stay so humble in that process. Um, and so this is of vital importance. And so if you're, if you're like me and you didn't come from a background to come to this every, ta- uh, every time, and others of you have, have come from another background, which you, you came every week, but it was just so religious, right? It was just about doing it and kind of going through the motions of that. Um, this is to be neither of those things when we do it here. It, it's, it's to be a deeply spiritual moment in which we individually and we collectively kneel our hearts and say, thank you, Jesus, because it's not about me. It's a time in which, which we take something and put it in, inside of us of, of bread um, and, and juice and, and say, God, please, please exchange all of my brokenness for all of your wholeness. God, exchange all of my ind- individuality for all of like oneness in the body of Christ. Help us to be a reflection of your unity, God, here on earth as it is in heaven. It's a reminder of what he did, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. That's what it's to be today. And, and, and it's something that where we come together, and, and the scriptures say, don't take it in an unworthy manner, and there's a whole other kind of message and side message on this. But it's saying, it's a great time of, of, of just constantly just saying, Jesus, draw me closer to you. It, it, it's a step of faith to say, because some of us in, in, in the room like, will say, I'm not worthy to come to the table. And Jesus says, I know, but I make you worthy. And if you say that with one statement, like you can, you can move from an understanding of unworthiness and we can nod our head to that and say, yep, I'm unworthy. And Jesus calls us worthy and we're like, yep, I'm worthy. Right? And some of us, we find ourselves bouncing from like complete, like I'm totally worthy on my own and then I'm completely unworthy on my own. And we get to this place where we understand that we are unworthy. Jesus makes us worthy. Like both of those things are true. And you find this beautiful rest in like God working that out um, in our lives. And so um, that's what they're, they're speaking of with breaking bread. And then the final thing is prayer. Uh, and the band's going to come and just begin to play some very relaxing tunes in the background to make us think more spiritually. Um, the last one is prayer. Um, I don't know. I love music. I love it. It does actually make me think more spiritually when I hear music. So I'm joking about that, but I kind of feel that. Um, and to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, like, m- people talk about having, like, a prayer life. Um, and I didn't understand that for a long, long time after following Jesus. Prayer was, like, a piece of my life, but it was not, like, every day, all day, like, um, and uh, I, I've gone through incredible seasons in which I've been insecure about my unworthiness and I didn't really understand my worthiness through Christ um, and, I, and I ran from prayer afraid of what God might say to me um, afraid of what I might be condemned of right 
that it might remind God of how much of a sinner I am. And the more I begin to see the face of God, not in what my sin had screamed to me and what the enemy had screamed to me, but the more I'd seen the face of God of what God was calling me to. As Romans says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So I found myself called to the body of Christ and to be a son. Um, more and more, it's just I've become just so constantly just praying. Just constantly praying. And, and, and you've probably heard this, and I had heard this before, that like I, I, I rarely pray like for an hour, but there's never an hour that goes by that I don't pray. And, and, and I'm not saying what I'm about to say to like boast, but um, and, and it's only by the grace of God and, and just his Holy Spirit is quickening me, but there's, there's a, something like that's happened in my life in the past like couple years in which like I'm just constantly praying. Like, and I can't describe that to you, um, but to know like where I'd come from and like where I'd been in a place where I was just like, it was all about what was in my head and, and I wasn't just allowing this deep communication between me and God out. I just wasn't letting it out. I was just bundling up and in my pride, like I'll figure it out and I'll work it out. But man, once I just began to just raise the view of how God began to show me how big he was, like through performed miracles and just incredible things that God's done in my life, in my faith and just how I view God, I'm like, he's so big, like, and he says, come, and, and my prayers aren't too small for him and nothing I ask him is going to be too big for him. And he doesn't judge me, he just, he just maybe corrects me and, and, and puts me on his knee and says, son, like, that's a selfish prayer. Let me teach you something deeper that's going to be more fulfilling for you. And this deep trust that I have with the Lord. And I don't know where your prayer life is, but um, I know God's done like a, a radical thing in my prayer life. And this is not anything I've talked about. I've, I really haven't even spoke to my wife much about this. But it's just something which happens often when I'm on stage, she hears something, and she's like, oh, great, it would have been nice to know that. <laughs> but God usually does stuff like this and starts making me cry and makes me squeeze out things that I haven't shared. Um, but God's just done a new work in me in the, the, in the realm of prayer. Um, to where I feel... So, even, even like when I don't feel God, I'm so attuned. And because there's communication, even when he's not speaking back, like he knows, like I'm just laying my heart out before him and I'm just calling out to him and I'm praying for you like daily, just calling your name out. And I just wonder like what, what happened in our lives, like if, if like prayer wasn't this thing we did at night and meals or at church, but it was this literally like breath. Like as much as we breathe, like we're just breathing in the Holy Spirit. We're just breathing in the word of truth. Every hour, every moment of every day, God, just like, just, just take it. I remember sitting at one of our board meetings about a year ago, and there was a man who was much my elder around the table, and I was asking him, like, hey, God, what's going on in your life? Um, how can I pray for you? And, and one of the guys responded in a way that I was not really ready for. I was, like, hoping for this great talk about um, what's going on in their life, and now we can pray for one another. And uh, he said something that could have other intentions, and I don't mean to offend, but um, he said, man, I, I'm a constant care caster. I just constantly bring it to the Lord's feet. I'm doing, doing good. I'm encouraging the Lord. 
And part of me was like bummed because I was like, man, I want you to say something or we could share and we could pray for this together. But I also found something deeply like true about that as well that, man, he had this relationship with the Lord where he was always bringing it. He was always bringing it and he found himself whole in this place. Uh, and, I, and I actually want to close our service in uh, a unique way that we do on occasion. And um, I actually want us to gather in circles. And I want us to pray. And before you, you move or get anxious or freak out about that, let me explain what I believe like, God can do through this. Um, so many times like we're afraid to pray for people around us. Um, but there's something deeply rewarding and unifying in the body of Christ when we pray for one another. In fact, I'm not even going to try to communicate how deeply spiritual it is for you to pray for someone else and, and what an impact it has not only on their life but on your life. I, I can't even begin to describe how deep of that is. Um, and many of us worry, right? We worry about how to say things or what we're, we're going to say and that we're not worthy to do that, right? We don't have a degree behind our name so we can't pray for somebody. Um, but there's something deeply beautiful that I believe that God wants to do in the next couple minutes in, the, in this room, and, and I believe it's in your life as an individual too. Um, that we know, like, hey, I've got my own, I've got my own junk that I could say, Pastor, this is my prayer request. We share it and ask for people to pray it. But what I want us to do is I want us to gather in circles and you've one for another. There's a person on your left and your right, and I want you to join hands. And if you're uncomfortable, like, this is your time to just, like, check your phone and <clears throat> start coughing and walk out. Um, just kidding. Um, but as we, as we join hands with one another, and, and literally, if we don't know how to pray, just begin to just pray the shortest, like, simplest prayers for the person on your right and the person on your left. And I, and I pray as that happens, one, I pray that God will answer every prayer that's in line with his kingdom. And, and secondly, that there is something deeply spiritual, a release and, and a unity that'll happen in the room as we care so much for one another. As we kind of take the teachings of the scripture and fellowship and the time we'll spend in breaking bread and there's this deep unity and release that we really bind up the needs of the house and bring them before the Lord and we find ourselves unified in his presence. I just wonder what God might do. I wonder what he might do if we would like get out of our head and just like release like a real prayer, a real genuine prayer for the people around us. And what would happen if we started doing that on a daily basis? Like as, as busy as we are in life, like we just can't pray for everybody all the time, but we're just constantly just releasing little prayers. God, touch that person. I don't know why I just saw their weird post on Facebook. I don't really know what that means. It's like super subversive. I don't really know what it means. It's like I feel like something's going on. God, speak your truth into that situation. Bring your healing into that situation. Um, there's a unity, and there's something that, that's about to happen. I